Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Is it time to start talking about MVP Josh Allen? Alabama goes down to an unranked Texas A&M. Plus, are the Chargers now the best in the West? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Thank you for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. It was the most anticipated matchup heading into Week 5, the 3-1 Bills at the shockingly 2-2 Chiefs. Here to break it all down, Locked On anchor Daniela Bruce with Super Bowl champion and Locked On NFL insider Isaiah Stanback. It was another wild Sunday night in the NFL, and we're going to talk about why Chiefs fans should be worried. They drop another game they lose to the Buffalo Bills, and we're going to talk about that right now with NFL insider Isaiah Stanback. What's up, everybody? I'm Daniela Bruce, and this is a Locked On Now Insider Report. Joining me is Locked On NFL Insider Isaiah Stanback. Isaiah, as I said before, a very wild night in the NFL. Sunday night football never seems to disappoint. We wrap up another week, and it was an AFC championship rematch between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, but this time, a different result. Buffalo coming away with a 38-20 victory at Arrowhead, and this is now Buffalo's fourth straight win. Just how impressed are you with this Bills team? I'll tell you what, Bills Mafia, is, is they're live and rolling. <laughs> These guys are balling yeah. out. Uh, Josh Allen is taking care of the ball. He's helping his team move down the field. Um, they're just putting up points. These guys are absolutely mm. destroying it on that side of the ball. They're averaging 34 points per game. I repeat, 34 points per game, and they're only allowing just over 12 points per game. So these guys are on a roll. Uh, the thing, tides has turned in the AFC. Yeah, I think so, too. And you mentioned that they're on a roll. I saw Stephon Diggs and teammates kind of dancing on the sideline in the last few minutes of the game. They're definitely playing with some swagger and Josh Allen included in that. This Bills offense seems to be unstoppable. Where does Josh Allen stand right now in your MVP race? He's taking care of business, you know, and ultimately your job as a quarterback is to help you help your team win games. Um, he's not necessarily killing it statistically. I think he's only averaging over 63% of his passes, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. As you look at a clear comparison between him and Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes has 14 touchdowns, four interceptions, but he's averaging over 72%. So I think he's doing a great job in terms of helping his team succeed. Um, but you, we, we, we both know when it comes down to the, uh, to the MVP statistics, yeah. uh, those, things, those things matter. Yeah, his statistics may not have been that great leading up to tonight, but he definitely won me my week in fantasy this week. So I was pretty excited with his stat line heading um, out of tonight's game. So that was great. But um, the Chiefs, on the other hand, now have a losing record. They're two and three. How concerned should Chiefs fans be? Uh, Chiefs fans don't need to go crazy. I know that they've been spoiled over the past years because of the success of this organization. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, um, and, and his supporting cast are always, they're probably still the most explosive and most dangerous offense in the league. Um, they're they are allowed to, to have a couple bad games. Uh, I'm sorry to tell everybody, but they're allowed to have a couple bad games. But the thing is, this is a very experienced team. And because they have those weapons, because they have Mahomes at the helm, they are always in a good position to take off and have a good rest of the season. Every team in this league is threatened by these guys. They'll be perfectly fine in the next couple of games. 
For more Locked On Now reaction, including how the Seahawks will fare with Geno Smith under center, subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Coming up, Alabama goes down to unranked Texas A&M. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Rays and Red Sox entered Sunday tied at one game apiece in the ALDS. 13 innings and one of the weirdest games ever laid. Boston fans are doing victory laps. Remember when MLB experts and analysts left the Red Sox completely out of the postseason? Bet they feel a bit silly now, don't you think? What's going on, everyone? It's Lauren from Lockdown Red Sox, and oh my goodness, what a game we were treated to Sunday night. The Red Sox ended up walking off game three of the ALDS with a walk-off home run thanks to Christian Vasquez in the 13th inning. There was so much drama in this game. There was controversy with Hunter Renfro with a ball ricocheting off of him that bounced off the bullpen wall, off him, back into the bullpen. There was just so much excitement, so much drama, and now the Red Sox are one win away from going to the ALCS. Can they do it? Who knows? Hopefully we'll find out Monday night, but we have so much to unpack about this game alone, and we will do all of that on our next episode of Locked on Red Sox. The Astros entered Sunday needing one more win to sweep their ALDS series against the White Sox, but things didn't go quite as planned for Houston. You hate to see it. The Astros come into Chicago with hopes of sweeping, and the White Sox had nothing to do with it. The Astros would score six runs. It looked like a strong performance in the beginning. Luis Garcia faltered a bit. But then the White Sox would score in the beginning. A lot of people believe that the ump contributed to the first three-run homer. There was also some controversial calls where runner interference could have been called or not. Some moves by Dusty with various bullpen pitchers. Regardless, the team does not do enough with 15, actually 16 strikeouts in this game and just could not get it done. The White Sox extend the series as the Astros lead 2-1 to one with a 2.07 start on Monday. Stay tuned in the Locked on Astros for your team every day. Have a good one and go Strohs. In one of the most bizarre finishes you will ever see in an NFL game, the Packers and the Bengals ended on a Mason Crosby field goal in overtime, but that isn't the weird part for either one of these teams. When you look at the game script, at one point, the Bengals tied the game late in the fourth quarter at 22. The two teams combined to go missed field goal, missed field goal, missed field goal, interception, missed field goal, missed field goal before Mason ultimately sealed it for the Packers. Mason Crosby missed three field goals on the day. And unfortunately for the Bengals, they too had two chances to win the game on kicks, made neither of them, including one in which Bengals kicker Evan McPherson celebrated like he made it, but he didn't. And sticking in the AFC North, everyone rode off Big Ben and the Steelers after a rough three-game losing streak. Week five, they showed everyone they aren't done yet. The Pittsburgh Steelers came away with a big win against the Denver Broncos, 27-19, defeating a 3-1 team to snap their own three-game losing streak. 
Ben Roethlisberger came in, didn't throw prolific numbers, but did throw two touchdown passes, reading the field as best as he has all season, going after a secondary that had Patrick Sertan, Kareem Jackson, and Justin Simmons looking a lot more confident in his reads as he hit Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool with passes deep down the field. But that's not to overlook Najee Harris, who had his first ever 100-yard rushing game in the NFL with 122 rushing yards and a touchdown in a game where he had to leave in the fourth quarter due to cramps. And the defense starting hot early, kind of fizzling off at, at some point due to some injuries. But then James Pierre getting a game-closing interception. This was the kind of complimentary football that Mike Tomlin has been preaching that the Steelers need to put together so that they can bounce back and have a successful season after a 1-3 start in the year. To hear more about my analysis on this i'm chris carter follow us on the locked on steelers podcast we're on youtube apple spotify google Podcasts, odyssey or anywhere podcasts are hosted as i break down this big win for the steelers and whether or not it's the building block to something much bigger down the line that's what happened last night here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season Week 5 isn't over yet, but here are some lines for Week 6 in the NFL. The Arizona Cardinals stayed undefeated after a sloppy Week 5 win against the San Francisco 49ers. They are 2.5-point underdogs at Cleveland in Week 6. The New York Giants lost Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, and Kenny Galladay to injury in a blowout loss to the Dallas Cowboys. With 7 of their 11 starting offensive players from Week 1 injured, it's no surprise that the betonline.ag line opens as 10 and a half point underdogs to the LA Rams for week six and the Las Vegas Raiders started the season three and oh, but have lost to the chargers. And now the bears, the betonline.ag line for their game against Denver in week six has the Raiders as three point underdogs for all your gambling needs. Betonline.ag has you covered head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Don't forget to use your promo code locked on to receive that welcome bonus, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. Before the season, Jimbo Fisher, the Texas A&M coach, declared that the Aggies would take down Alabama on Saturday night. Seth Small came up anything but kicking the game winner and Texas A&M took down number one Alabama 41-38. to Joining me now from Locked on Aggies, Cole Thompson and Cole. There is something about beating a number one team in any circumstance. But there is something special when anyone beats Alabama, much less when it's Alabama, when they are the number one team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just want to know if Nick Saban says, beat me in what? Golf? What would have been the handicap in that game? Because Jimbo <laughs> Fisher may have won that too. But I think what's really interesting is that everyone kind of gave up on AM, a top 10 team at the mm-hmm. very start of the year, one of the best defenses underneath defense coordinator Mike Elko. And, and even though the team was kind of not finding its rhythm, you got to remember that they're not only replacing a quarterback in Kellen Mond and later Haynes King with Zach Calzada. They're also replacing four offensive linemen that allowed just four sacks last season. And one of the biggest things that I think most people understand in the sport is offensive line production is one of the biggest blessings for a young quarterback. And it has been a struggle for Calzada this far. Everything that Jimbo Fisher said, though, throughout the entire bit of training camp was he believes Haynes King or Zach Calzada could work for this offense, but it just would take time. And what a time for it to come alive. Over 300 passing yards. You have three touchdown passes. But more importantly, the grit, the determination of a kid throwing a 25-yard touchdown pass to tie the game. 
going in the medical tent and coming out as if he's just beating the bell like a boxer hitting that 9.9 second mark to stay in for one last fight <laughs> to set up for a Seth Small field goal. It's something that only could be written in homemade movies. And I don't even think even then Disney would buy this package because again, it's Nick Saban in Alabama. You usually don't take down the goat and you usually don't want to mess with that juju. But I will tell you this, A&M was rocking with 106,000 people inside of Aggieland. And what an experience to be alive and a part of for a Saturday night only happens in college football. It's true. You were there. You were in the middle of it. I'm sure that is an experience that you will remember for a long time. Coming out of this game, which of these two programs right now for this season do you think this game says more about? You know, I actually think it says a little bit more about Texas A&M a little bit because I think a lot of people wanted to throw them to the side when they was 10-7 versus the likes of Colorado, a Power 5 school that right now is struggling. But keep in mind that and this is a team that has been injured prone. I mean, I'm not trying to give excuses for them, but keep in mind that they lost their number one cornerback, Miles Jones, in the Arkansas game. And Tyreek Chappelle and Deuce Harmon, two true freshmen, are starting in either the nickel in a dime formation or on the outside when they run a base 4-2-5 system. It takes time to learn in the SEC, and the only way that you can learn is with reps. Slowly but surely, the reps are coming alive, and this is an AM team that has the momentum, has the swing, and best of all, kind of has a little bit of an easy schedule moving ahead. Missouri, South Carolina, a bye week, then Auburn, they're all coming right before they have to face off against Ole Miss, and that could really decide second place, or even potentially, depending on what happens with Alabama, first place for the SEC West. The trip to Atlanta is not dead yet. The trip for a New Year's Six Bowl is not dead yet. And the way college football season is right now, you can never rule out a college football playoff with a two-loss team. It's very hard to imagine it, but a lot of things could swing A&M's way. More importantly, momentum is shifting towards the 12th man organization. There's a lot of positive going on in Aggieland moving into the second half of the college football season. For more Locked On Now reaction to the Major League Baseball playoffs, subscribe to the Locked On MLB Facebook and YouTube pages. Coming up, are the Chargers the best in the West? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, our limited time flavor, cookie dough chunk. Unbelievable. All of these are so, so good. And... The, the flavors run the gamut. You like chocolate chocolate, they've got a double chocolate. You like extreme decadence, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel. You like fruit with your chocolate. Generally speaking, I don't, but guess what? I love these flavors. The cherry, really good. Cherry barcia, so good. Raspberry, really, really good. And they're all covered in 100% chocolate. That, that I think helps. Anything covered in chocolate, I'm pretty much in on. But it's not just the chocolate, right? Because... It's low in net carbs, low in sugar, high in fiber, high in protein. So it tastes delicious and is actually fuel for your body. Right now, go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The LA Chargers 47, the Cleveland Browns 42, the Browns become the first team in the playoff era to have 500 yards of offense, 40 plus points, not commit a turnover and lose. And they did so because Austin Eckler scored three times. Justin Herbert threw for almost 400 yards and four touchdowns. 
and the Chargers get the win. Joining me now from Locked On Chargers, Daniel Wade and, and Daniel. What happened? It was defense optional. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way to explain it. I mean, so much went wrong for the Chargers defensively, yet so much went right for them offensively and even defensively towards the end of that game. A couple of huge stops by the Chargers defense, but specifically the fourth quarter. I mean, the Chargers putting up four touchdowns, 26 points. Justin Herbert with over 200 yards just in the fourth quarter alone. I mean, just shows you how wild that game was because the Chargers offense was getting stymied for a lot of that first half. I mean, they didn't look fully comfortable. And then fireworks just started happening left and right. And for the Chargers to have that game and be in a point in that game where they're down two touchdowns, Brandon Staley again decides, all right, I'm going to go for it deep in my own territory twice on the same drive to go get a score to bring it back to a one-score game early in the third quarter. I mean, the team has continued to be aggressive, and it paid off for him again. But, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a fourth quarter like that. What do you think about the impact of Brandon Staley? Because, you know, he's he's gone viral now on on football Twitter the last week, um, talking about play action and and talking about uh, the run game and, and all that, that stuff. So he seems to have changed the mindset of these chargers. And it, and it sounds like when you hear the reports from the locker room, when you hear those players talk, all of the games that were so chargersy that they would lose, there is a belief now that they can win. And it seems like it starts with Brandon Staley. Does that, does that seem fair? Yeah, a hundred percent fair. And I'm Joe Bosa said it last week after the game, he said, you know, I would be lying to you if I told you if there weren't times last year when we were losing all those one score games, that we weren't in halftime thinking, how are we going to do it this week, right? I mean, that was a mentality. And as much as they tried to play it off last year, I mean, those things creep up on you. And when you can stack successes on top of each other, like the Chargers have been able to do so far this year, I mean, the confidence is only getting, you know, bigger and bigger for them because they keep going for it on these fourth downs and they keep making it and they keep not turning into the Chargers from yesteryear where they would always blow this. I mean, it is pretty cool to see, you know, Charger fans get to actually celebrate a game like this when it's broken their heart so many times before. And yeah, I mean, I think it's going to take a little time because there's a lot of scars there. But week by week, it does feel like under Brandon Staley, he's brought in a new culture. And that's such a cliche thing to say. But when you see the mentality of these players continuing fourth quarter after fourth quarter coming through in the biggest moments of the biggest, you know, opponents you're going to face in the AFC, I mean, they bred believers out of a lot of people. I'm definitely one of them because they just keep doing it. And I mean, once a team does that, I mean, it becomes your DNA to some extent. And the Chargers, you know, find themselves four and one at this point against a brutal schedule to start the year. I don't think any of us saw it coming. And it helps to have a rocket armed quarterback who does not seem at, at all like he is flappable in any of these situations. He's just like, well, I can throw the ball 60 yards, so we're going to be fine. And finally, it has been 392 days since the Jacksonville Jaguars last won a game. That's a stretch of 20 consecutive losses, the second longest streak in the NFL's history. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers hold that record after losing the franchise's first 26 games in 1976 into 77. The Jaguars haven't won a game since the 2020 season opener when they beat the Indianapolis Colts 27-20 at TIAA Bank Field 13 of their 20 losses have been by double digits, including the past five games at home. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to make your second listen Locked On Bats. Download and subscribe free and available on all platforms. Coming up Tuesday, can the Red Sox shock the world and close out the Rays? So at least until tomorrow, 
stay locked on today.